Hey everybody, my name is Ben, and welcome to the first ever podcast episode for um, Rome Shapers. I gotta remember the name of my own podcast. My name is Ben, and I am joined here with my co-host, my little brother Sam. Uh, say hi, Sam. I'm hey. Sam. Yeah, I'm Sam. And uh, we're here to talk to you about D&D. We're here to talk to you about uh, making stories and all kinds of stuff. I figured our first episode would be kind of uh, kind of chill. We would just talk about ourselves and talk about who we are and our experience. I'm going to start off by just saying neither of us are professionals, but we just like to talk about D&D and making stories, and we hope that some of the things we talk about are going to gonna help you make your stories and, and help you in D&D. So, uh, Sam, go ahead and start off. Who are you? Tell us, tell us who you are. Uh, well, as stated previously, I am Sam, and... My experience with D&D is I've been playing since high school. I graduated back in 2011, so it's probably been, you know, over a decade of experience. I played in 4th edition and 5th edition, and I have never run a module as a DM. I've made all my own stuff, uh, which means I've learned from it. I've had a lot of uh, things that worked, a lot of things that didn't work. Probably the vast majority didn't work, but that's, that's how you keep going so yeah I'm, I'm excited to try and share that with people and then you know goofs and gaffs and goofs you know, and gaffs put our own little spin on things so. <laughs> goofs and gaffs yeah. uh yeah. yeah and so my name is ben as mentioned before uh i've been playing D for a lot longer than that i've been playing i want to say i've been playing since middle school um I first started to learn D&D, like I first got into D&D on a bus, on a school bus, on a field trip somewhere for summer camp. Uh, I don't even know if I told you this story, Sam, um, but I I got involved in D&D because some kid had like this weird pocket edition of D&D that his brother was making. And it was you, it was like simple, like storytelling stuff like you're in a tavern, some guy approaches you, you use rock, paper, scissors instead of dice. It was interesting. Uh, but I've also been creating modules and doing my own storylines since, God, I can even remember. I mean, Sam has played in a few of my campaigns, uh, and, and, th- ruined, and some. ruined some. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no. And so we wanted, like I said, we wanted to kind of talk about that. In fact, you, we'll, we'll even start about the ruined campaigns. I mean, <laughs> yeah. do you remember? I mean, no, of course. Uh, the 21st of September. But <laughs> I I do remember the campaign that I I ruined because, you know, you you were making a world and you were taking your your first steps into sort of your own game style, and uh, I saw a class that I was like I can abuse this, and so I did, and uh, it 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 definitely um. Yeah, it was fun being chaotic evil both in game and as a player so yeah you got you uh, who else did we play with in that campaign i don't even remember who we played with that yeah that was joey that was a lot of fun so two of our our real life friends uh joey was playing some kind of sniper and uh brian was playing some kind of flame-fisted gauntlet man in a post-apocalyptic setting and i was an engineer turning things from scrap into giant walking robot powered 
Let me let, let me go into the let me go into the story real quick. Yeah. Let me go into the let me go into what it was about. So basically, what I was trying to do was it was my first introduction into D and D. It was oh, I'm sorry into making my own kind of almost game. Um, it wasn't like the first time I played D and D, but I wanted to try to make a simple module to where. You're, like I like I said, just like how I learned, I've always been wanting to try to come up with something where like you're on the road or you want to just do it at like a table or something and you're out doing something. So I tried to test this out with Sam and his two friends and it was completely off the top of my head. And I pretty much just let them go and do whatever they wanted. And they used a kid as like they, like they put a grenade. Oh, no, no, no. Oh no no no! You can't. You gotta tell the full story, oh. man. You gotta be like, okay. I I, I go got, ahead. We were new to a city. We were told by the praetors of scrap that we had to go and convert this city to be under their control. And you know, Ben had this whole quest line played out where there was gonna be some crazy shit that would uproot the city while we were trying to take it over, and then we could come out on top. Uh, first day in the city, of course, we get attacked. Uh, you know, a bunch of crazy. It's like a kind of like a western post-apocalyptic style thing. We go down this alleyway, and there are these kids, this gang of kids that tries to jump us. So in a show of intimidation, I, I kind of beat one kid up, and then the rest <laughs> of them run, and then we abduct the one kid, and then we kind of just co- sort of like. And, and, and by the way, this this is where the chaotic evil comes in because my character was like, hey, I was told to take over a city. I'm going to do whatever the hell I got to do. Uh, I tortured the kid for a few days. I, I rigged, jury-rigged some kind of mechanism to the kid where uh, I could remotely detonate an explosive that was on his person. And after, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let you go. All you got to do is say this one thing. And then we sent him to the local police station where he stood by the door and he was like, the Praetors have arrived. And then I clicked the button, and he, he died. definitely died. He died. And, and that was, yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, it, it was a fun experience. Like I said, it was great being a chaotic evil man named Dr. Robotnik. Uh, it wasn't Dr. Um, Dentum Martiste. Uh, Dentum Martiste. Tooth yeah, Tuesday. He looked like, yeah, he looked like, uh, like Dr. Yeah, Robotnik, that was my but, first failed experiment yeah. in in full module making to where like it almost became an, its own game. That was a that was, but it was a lot of fun. I think that was you even told me like one day that like, it was one of your favorite things oh, that you've great. ever done. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing is like you know as a DM you know you're gonna be like oh fuck you know I had all this stuff planned out and it's not that the characters ruined it it's that what I had was not enticing enough for them to follow. And then you'll have a character player come up and be like, that was the greatest thing ever, you know. And you're like, huh, I guess they sort of made it fun for Mm -hmm. themselves. And, you know, part of that is in the world building because Ben made this world that was like, it was interesting to abuse, (laughs) you know, to put it pretty bluntly. It was was interesting to go around. We got this, this follower named Sergey who he was able to to like dual wield rocket launchers or something like that and he helped us hold off the authorities and then we activated some robot eldritch shit <laughs> and you know it was it was an interesting thing and we ended it being on that tank that I created crawling up a wall facing the sunset or maybe it was the sun I think it was the sunset uh on like this town that was now smoking and it was like well 
this is a beautiful start of how we're going to take over this place and, and you know, make it our own. <laughs> and we, I don't believe we ever no, met again, yeah, but that we was, never it was again. fantastic. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. It was a fantastic time. I, I, you know, I, I, I haven't modeled anything I've made off mm-hmm. of that, but I, as a player, there was only like six or seven specific experiences that I can say I had a fantastic oh, sure. time. Uh, where it was just, I got so into the moment, I was like, this was, this was crazy. <laughs> and, and you know, every other time, I'm still having a great time. But there, there's some where you're just like, oh, my God. And then, uh, I'm not going to lie, that entire campaign was one of them. It was it was a fantastic time. And you, you took the the uh, the leap of faith thinking, oh, you know, I can do this. And then we as players quickly, like, Shaquille O'Neal blocked you as though you were like an elementary grade schooler <laughs> and you we were taking it very seriously. We just smacked that ball out of the air when you took you your did. shot and and then we went and dunked yeah. on it. It was it was pretty fun. And, and but but it was fun. And that, that was yeah. the whole thing is that we were having fun and even though it may have been frustrating to you at the moment. Actually, you know, I got to say so. and and that's kind of one of those things where as a DM like, you know, at first you get kind of frustrated and like I I played actually, you know, to to switch onto that topic. I've played with a lot of people where they have that like storyline and I I guess I got uh I guess I have the same mentality like in some cases when I create a story like I wouldn't say I like focus on a story but I, you know, I have like a certain idea in how a storyline should run and work. I've I've played with people who get incredibly discouraged when things don't go their way, and I think that that as as a player is is almost discouraging in playing the the scenario, and and that's why when we ran that campaign, I was really happy that like you know after we did the first mission, we I was like you know of course like you said like I was really trying to test this out, but it was fun, and I think at the end of everything, I was like wow. Let's just see what else we can do. And I think it was that leap of like, hey, you know what? It didn't go the way I wanted to, but I can salvage this into a really fun. It might not be even close to a legit, but it's definitely a fun, you know, just excuse for debauchery in a, in a tabletop game. And, and obviously it did so because I'm pretty sure not just you. I'm pretty sure Brian even said the same thing about the campaign as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he said that he had a fun time, if yeah. I recall correctly. I mean, we had a lot of moments where, you know, we were goofing around. He, he used all these fire gauntlets. I joked that he could just mix a bowl of cookies and bake them at the same he could. time. And, and you know, he, you know, he had all these, we had these silly voices going in. And it, it was, you know, it, it wasn't as though we were, we weren't taking it 100% seriously, but we were definitely in it mm-hmm. for the fun of it. And. Yeah, and that's that's something too. Like as as an exp- I, now I can definitely call myself an experienced DM. I have, again, I think I've DM'd well over. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how many campaigns, but I've done a lot, and some have made it past the first. You know, I plan for every campaign to make it past the first meet. I always have a plan to like you know next door. I always shoot for the moon, but you know even with the ones that like. It's just one meeting. I, I try to make it fun, you know. I try to make it enjoyable, even if things don't go the way I want them to. Like, you know, you got to give them that freedom. And and I always tell my players, like, you know what? I always want to try to make a story where it's not railroaded. I don't want to railroad you. I don't want to make you go down a path and make you stay with that path. But I also want to make it so that the story is somewhat, you know, it, it works out in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and honestly, I 
I'm I'm pretty much I don't want to say I I'm for railroading or against railroading. It it's got its uses when you're trying to push a certain direction because I mean, you know, DMs have to plan and they plan for something so they expect it to happen. And of course the players they don't know what's what you've written down or planned for, so they're just going to go through what you explain mm. to them. And it, it's the, the whole meet is going to be just like a constant fight of you know, the DM trying to control it and the players kind of running around yeah. with it. But, you know, it, it's all in the name mm-hmm. of fun. It's At the end of the day, if, if everyone had fun, it was a successful exactly. and, and you know, There's and a chaotic side of that, too. And not to cut you off, but there, there is a chaotic side. Uh, what I like to call murder hobo syndrome. Um, like, there's a point in time where I've had campaigns that get off the rails like that. And, uh, you know, murder hobo syndrome for people who, like... You know, for DMs who, who, I don't want to say who know what they're doing, but for people who have DM'd a campaign, who have kind of seen how topsy-turvy things can get, I mean, holy hell, murder hobo syndrome is real. You're going to have a player who wants to say, I like that guy's cape, and then stab him for it. And it'll completely screw things up because that might be an NPC that you needed, or that might be, and then you're sitting there like, really? Come on. Like, there are ways to combat that, but again, you know, you got to make sure that it doesn't kind of impact the fun in some ways. Because if you just become a dictator, nobody really wants to play your campaign at that point. But you also can't let people, unlike me in that first, you know, in that first wonderful example that we gave, you can't let people just roll over all over the campaign unless you're prepared to say, all right, you know what? I don't care. Let's let's just do it. It's not going to be serious. And you never know. It, it could actually become a better storyline that way. Well, in in some ways, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want to, you know, contradict you or anything, but with that, that first example we gave with the <laughs> suiciding <of> the child, <laughs> you know, well, not suicide, the, the sacrificing uh, of the yeah, child. I guess. <laughs> Whatever um, you want to call that. We, uh, yeah, well, it was, it was, it was fun in the moment, but now that I look on it, it was very cool. <laughs> it was um, very into your character, yeah. though. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was he was an evil son of a bitch. Um, but there's a difference between killing a man just because you want his cape and looking at resources that you have and utilizing them to drive what you think is the story but for. But, again, that, that you, you know? played into so, your character. Like I, like I just said, like you know, yeah. if you're a chaotic evil character and you're like, well, I'm just going to watch the world burn, that's a different story. In my opinion, as long as you have like a storyline driven something to like back it up, back up your actions, back up what you do, then you know what? I can't fault you, you know? I mean, I played, you know, an example of a campaign where I have pretty much like, I I don't want to say the bare minimum, but I played a weird character. I played a Kenku rogue that was like the size of a halfling and it didn't communicate normally. It spoke in like chirps and beeps because that was just how it worked. And it's, it's thing that it would do is it would steal items but it wouldn't keep them it would give them to other people and my you know my dam was seth my buddy seth and he actually kind of saw this and ran with it he was like dude i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna make it part of of the story and so he did so one of the people i stole something from was one of the guard captains i think i stole like a salt shaker and i ended up giving it to some shady guy in the corner and, of course, I rolled really high because that was, like, you know, as a player, that was, like, a really high stat that I rolled. Seth ran with it. And it's something that I always envied with Seth. He's, he's a really good story and uh, story creator, and I'd love to have him on the show. 
uh, to talk about this, but um, that's something that I always tell people when they're making stories and they're making, you know, they're DMing is to adapt to almost improvise. I mean, people say that if you're really good at improv, you're really good at D and D. It, it, they're not wrong. If you can improv and you can you can improvise on the fly, if you can come up with some scenarios immediately, you're going to be great at, at making stories and making um, you know making really fun campaigns. But you know it, that shouldn't be a deterrent because especially with improv, you get better as you go on. You get better improvising as you learn. I mean, when I first started D and D Hell, I think my first campaign, I could barely keep people you know into the game. They were all like checking their phones and laptops and stuff and you know part of what we want to do in this podcast is like as people who are new to dming or people who want to take that leap into dming we want to kind of give you the tools to be prepared for this to be like hey you know i want to make a storyline how to make your own storyline and then also like how to how to how to how to play it out you know how to have people who you play with be entertained and also keep a storyline consistent you know no one to put your foot down no one to do all this stuff but even still just know how to roll with the punches yeah and you know not just not just that but you know Uh, yeah and that's actually the bigger point i want to build worlds like we're going to talk heavily on this podcast about worlds that my brother and i have built for either past campaigns or and I'm talking like just full-on worlds from from government to like like a whole story from like start to finish, government, how things work. It's almost like a shell, you know. Um, I've got a, quite a few of them. And, and um, backstory of my brother and I, you know, we would take, you know, we would have to take road trips to go places, you know, visit family or whatever. And we would have a couple hours in between us to where we could sit in the car and talk about D&D stuff we had planned and, you know, just stories that we were kind of working on. And, you know, now with COVID and, and you know, unbeknownst to everybody and listening, my little brother moved. Uh, he moved away from me oh, he moved, yeah. uh, to wonderful Illinois. And so. Oh, yeah. Very sunny right now. Negative. <laughs> it's actually a blizzard um but yeah we don't have that time to talk about things anymore so we wanted to make a podcast and try to come up with some storylines for everyone so that they could you know listen in see if they like something that they hear maybe even inspire the next generation of uh you know dms who want to set cities on fire <laughs> in the name of in the oh, name yeah. of some random people who don't give any backstory to why they want to take over the city in the first place no, no, you just gotta take that city. When someone <laughs> tells you take that city, you you do it as, as destructively as you can. <laughs> you know that way, no one can have the city if you actually lose. So yeah, and you know, it, just sharing our experiences. You know, we each have our own way for developing a world. We're gonna try and and, and combine those methods to see what we can make here. I also use uh this man on uh youtube named matt colville as a good resource and and yeah he some of the stuff he has going for the chain feels just so game of thrones like that it's what i would aspire to have is a super political campaign where everything is politics and taking a job for the wrong person could mean trouble in yeah. the future. You know, it's yeah. I would love to eventually work on that, but you know, 
another thing you have to keep in mind for your players and, and your audience or whatever you're doing Dungeons & Dragons for is the people playing may have different expectations mm-hmm. than you. They may want different things than you. They may want just sort of a hack and slash campaign where they're like, oh, I want to go like kill the giant and get his treasure and then you know, go back home and spend it on some <laughs> horrors. And like, well, I'm not role-playing the horrors, but, like, we can do the rest of that. And, and you know, it's it's just what they some want. Wenches. If they don't want the politically... Yeah, yeah, they want the wenches, brother. And if they, if they don't want the politically involved game where, you know, yes, I would love to accept this job handed to us on a silver platter by Lord Falring... And then, you know, two meets later, they get ambushed by some people saying, the Hawthorns send their regards, and you're like, why do these people attack us? Oh, because the Hawthorns, like, don't like the foul rings, and you guys didn't do the research to do that kind of thing, and they're like, they're just going to get frustrated. Sure. So, you know, and this isn't, we're not into world building just yet, but, like, one thing to think of while you're building your world is... You know, if you're doing a super heavily politically involved campaign with, you know, not too much else, it's going to be a bit of a slog for people who don't want to be in that setting and they may end up quitting. Uh, Whereas if you go into like a super hack and slashy, just go in the dungeon, get the loot, go back to town, do a light bit of role playing, I mean, kind of just like a Gloomhaven kind Mm -hmm. of campaign, then, you know, the people who are looking for more like, character-driven dialogue and and just growth aren't going to yeah. get it. And they may not be interested. So you got to find a heavy balance, or a, a nice balance. you got to know your audience, is what you're saying, in a lot of ways. you got to know who you're playing yes. to. And that, that's, you know, as as a DM, that's actually one of the things I usually ask people when I first start playing. And I, I make it known up front what I want to do. Now, I try to find that healthy balance in between having some politicized stuff, and I also have, try to have you know, a little bit more of a, an open hand to, like, the world around them. So you actually mentioned a really cool thing that I built a mechanic on that I sort of based off of the, uh, um, what do they call it? It's from uh, Fallout New Vegas. It's that uh, faction system. Like, you do certain things for other factions. Like, it's just a point-keeping system. And um, I, I can actually put it online after we do this. But it, basically what it is is it's just introducing, you know, consequences of actions I'm sorry, actions have consequences. I can speak properly. You know, having that whole, uh, should I do this job for this person? Should I, should I murder this guy? Because it might get me in a huge heap of trouble later. You know, it's making you think. And like, you know, coming up with modules like that for inside of the game to where like it affects, like I, I have my system set up to where like every five levels that you get of one faction, you might get like minus five levels in another faction. But for the faction that you level up in, you get new items, you get new shops open to, you get favors, you get all kinds of stuff. And that's kind of what drives the story behind the scenes too. Um, and, and to, to give more to what Sam was saying too, about, um, you know, finding that balance in between you got to kind of keep some of that to the chest. Um, for instance, I have, a, I have a campaign that I'm running right now where I've mentioned this system, but they haven't seen it yet. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, I don't really need them to see it. I, I want to wait a little bit longer into the campaign to where they get to a point and they see, like, oh, you know, here I am. I, I see a bunch of bad guys, whatever. 
And, you know, you get to that point and they kill these bad guys, but those bad guys might have worked for another person. Well, then they kind of have to put in effect like, okay, faction wise, what do I want to do? You know, or if I kill these people, what are my consequences? So it's just kind of knowing as a DM, you know, what to put in front of people, what not to put in front of people. Because you don't want to scare off players either, especially new players. Because that that whole having a heavily politicized system, it kind of can scare off some new players. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, half the stuff we're saying is probably scaring off <laughs> D&D DMs that have been around for ages. They're like, what are these guys fucking talking about? Oh, my God, <laughs> But, like, you know, we're, we're going through our experiences, and they've probably had more than we have. Oh, yeah. So I've like, played with a ton of people, and they all have, like, light years more experience than I do. I, I used to play with a guy at Lakeland yeah. who well was into a thousand campaigns that he's actually sat through, like, either one-shots or, like, he had one campaign he lasted for three years, which, I mean, that's a goal to me is to have a campaign last that long. But, you know, everybody has different different wants and, and how they do it, and we hope that what we can offer in this podcast is is some insight to either find your own way, you can take some bits of ours, or you can learn that this is not what you want to do at all, and, you know... Run modules, Yeah, just brother. run just modules. Run modules, or be a player, or look for a different system. Yeah. You know, not everything is in d Oh, absolutely. But that's just where we are, you know? I, I've... You know, thought of different systems such as Monster of the Week and Cyberpunk, the new Cyberpunk. Well, not the new, the, actually, the newest Cyberpunk system I was looking into recently. It looks very promising. It looks very good. Is it? Is it still good? I believe so. I got it. You know what? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. I, I did a brief read through. I, I was looking through. I was doing the research, and I kind of fell off of it. But I'll I'll do some I'll do some digging. I'll see exactly what it what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Ben and I also had a, a previous couple episode podcast where we were just doing some silly stuff just to do some silly mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, that was a lot of fun, though. And Oh, yeah. But that was, I wanted to bring that up in this episode just to show that, you know, we're not afraid to do something stupid just because it's it sounds like a lot of fun, even if it may not do work. You wanna, time, do you want to so. go over that? You want me to tell the story? I mean, I was gonna give a premise. You can go. Into oh, the I mean, I'll g- I give a premise. Uh, you can give a premise. Go ahead. I can do it. You can do it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So the premise that we had was this this really weird way of running a campaign where we would use this bo- uh, this card game called Super Fight, which, if you're not familiar, it's where you have a deck of cards with a bunch of characters, and then a deck of cards with a bunch of mm-hmm. attributes like extra arms or is really good at chewing bubble gum or can shoot lasers that defy gravity. You know, some random stupid things that don't garbage. make sense. And it's meant to be played as Yeah, it's meant to be played as a drinking yeah. game where you play a person card and or it's two people playing at one time and everybody else is like a judge. You play a person card and then you play one attribute from your hand and one from the top of a deck and then you try and and argue who would win the fight. So if I had, like, Spider-Man, who has a pinata torso and has, like, a frost gun, and Ben had Abraham Lincoln, and his bottom half is a motorcycle, and his arms are rocket I'm, I'm pretty sure we had like, that, we too, didn't we? Didn't we win. have that? No, not in the... I mean, we had the pinata torso for Chuck okay. Norris, but... Yeah, we were, we were adamant that we could create 
some stupid scenario that we could get maybe one or two, maybe three meets out of, and have like some kind of storyline after we after we were done making yeah. it. And so we would draft up character designs for the players with these cards. Be you know, one of them was like this this rogue that was made of bees <laughs> and their ultimate form or oh, they were also in stilettos that were coated in poison and their ultimate form was like a mecha gandhi <laughs> i remember and, that you know it was it was it, oh was i remember so, that was like wasn't that, that was in the that final was battle that was Salemi's character the, or was it the bad guy yeah no 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 that was Salemi's <laughs> character because the bad guy was oh, that's right and yeah, it, it was. It was. We came. It was just a really, really fun idea of just let's be as wacky and out of the oh, box as possible, and try and adapt anything we come up with. Just yeah, for and fun. the idea of it was was, was, was it was really fun, but the problem was was that there was so much in the execution and almost. It almost took so much time to do, it wasn't worth it. And I think that's the reason why we kind of... And plus, gathering everybody for the next meet, and, and that's the other thing, is, is scheduling yeah. will be the bane of every DM's existence. But after all that, we kind of said, you know what, let's just let's just scrap it. It was a fun idea. It was a great project to do. I was really happy we got to do that. That was It was interesting, you know? And, and it definitely... It, it was another one of those things where I was like, this is really dumb but i'm having a oh yeah that was a lot of fun we had all of our good friends with us too i mean it was it was just you know don't be afraid to have fun you know you got to find the right people you got to find the right mix of people sometimes in your first campaign you might not have that you might have some person who wants a serious campaign and on the other hand you might have a person who just wants to murder things and wants to have the hack and slash experience where it's like you know all right i'm in skyrim now that's that's people have different expectations and we've seen a big boom of tabletop rpgs ever since the wonderful uh the wonderful influence of stranger things people seem to think D is like this new mecca of nerddom that's cool but and it's not a bad thing but you're gonna have people who like i i've played with some people who will either have watched that show or who have listened to critical role and like completely squander the experience because either the DM was new or because the storyline didn't match up to their expectations. And you just got to find the people in your party who are willing to take the step with you, who are willing to go out and say, Hey, let's have fun. Let's just do whatever we can. You know, you want to do a serious story? Let's do it. You want to do a, a fake story? That's just, you know, a bunch of memes. Hell, you know what? I got no problem with a bunch of memes. Hey man, ET was—he was, just wanted. I gotta hug. tell you, he was a little sticky, and he wanted a hug, and they didn't do it. So then they had to fight in the Denny's restaurant. I'm pretty bench. sure that that fight, like putting it on paper, was so difficult that I just I lost track of everything, and I'm pretty sure I just started making up numbers. I was so confused. I, you just gave it to I me. I think I did. I just <laughs> was like, like hey, Sam, you gotta thing, do this. Uh, just, I, I, yeah. I remember making up numbers. I had a blast. It was fun. And honestly, I would. I want to come up with a similar system for what we do with this podcast, like making stories and stuff. But overall, like I, I think this first episode, we're just going to talk about a lot of our experiences, just some fun stories. Now, you know, just to keep a little bit more of the world building um you know the topic going. So, what do you take your uh, what do you take your inspiration from when you either start making a module or you start making your own like full story? So, like, 
it's a complicated question. <laughs> I I have a lot of different things I draw from. There's I have probably like maybe 20 to 25 campaigns I'll never run because I just don't know how to put them on paper. Uh there was I have this friend named Anthony Salemi and you know, shout out to to Anthony. He's a cool fucking dude. Um he kind of inspired me when he was in one of my campaigns to just start like keeping track of notes and stuff, which I haven't started writing them down, but I have them all <laughs> in my head. And, you know, basically I'll think my advice to him when he was just getting started, I'm like, take two ideas that you think are fucking radical and that you don't know if anybody's ever done something with before. So like <clears throat> I was thinking about it for the example. And I was like, dude, like think psionic Aztecs or something like that. And he's like, psionic Aztecs? I was like, yeah, dude. Think of, like, you know, the Oracle at Delphi, right? They're in this fucking mountain all day, snuffing or snorting fumes and getting high off their balls, just like, oh, visions of the future, visions from God. You know, but, like, what if that was actually real? And instead of just getting really, really high, they actually got, like, psychic powers from the fumes in the mountain. You know, things like that. And, you know, now you're like, okay, well, now I have the story about that kind of thing. That's a general idea. But, like, where does it take place? Oh, well, I mean, you just talked about it. It's a mountain, right? It's like, okay, well, it's a mountain. And does, like, you know, is it just, like, one thing coming out of this mountain? Is it, like, a volcano? Is it just the fumes? <laughs> What's going on? And then, you know, from there you can start to flesh out, okay, maybe this mountain has, like, and this was what I actually did. I was like, ah, it's got, like, 13 peaks that are all in sort of like a caldera formation where it's like uh, the peaks are up and then in between all the peaks is like this giant bowl where the rest of the populace lives and these giant lord, like, I don't want to say cities, but like they're basically like small villages of just the elite live at the peaks. There's 13 different families. They're like city-states. They're like like city-states. Well, they're smaller than city-states. It's just like this this whole thing is just one giant city. And then each peak is where, like, a noble family lives, and it's, like, its own elite little village uh, where, you know, the, oh, those guys have, like, their own armies and stuff. But, like, the entire city itself is, like, its own city-state. And it's, you know, the the peaks themselves are where the actual fumes come out of, and the families were the first to find them, so they're the most powerful. Each fume gives, like, a specific type of, like... It's like, you know, because there's different subclasses for the, the psionic subclass for 5th edition. Uh, you know, each one of them focuses on a different thing. And, you know, they're not entirely different. Some of them are pretty similar. Uh, you know, like, you can have the thing where it, like, makes you practically invulnerable and improves your, like, strength and yeah. stuff like that. Or you have telekinesis. or it, it was like this whole thing came up just because I was trying to be like, yeah, dude, you could just make an idea out mm. of anything. And he was like, dude, I kind of want to play in that. Yeah. Like, dude, I kind of want to It's simple. And then I never made it. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I think there are a couple of campaigns that you and I have talked about where you just didn't do them. I've had similar experiences where, like, I've had a lot of storylines. Like, um, I'm I'm happy I actually got to do this one now. The one that I'm currently running with uh, members of my Discord, um, I am the... Uh, the head of the Wonder Years Discord. Uh, shout out to my boys in that band. But um, people, I run this Discord and I've got a bunch of people and I, I put it out there. I was like, hey, who wants to play D&D? And a bunch of people got back to me. Uh, I was able, I had to choose. I had, well, I had to, I had a random number pick people because there were so many people who wanted to play. 
and I have like a limit. I have a hard limit of five people because any more and the campaign gets way out of hand. So five people, we run a story and I'll I'll just go over the the brief summary because I don't want to give up too much because I know they're going to listen to this podcast. But um, the basic story is that it's a world. um, There's a lot that goes behind it, but it there's the, there's a labor force that's made up of kobolds, like the kobolds are the main labor force. They're pretty much the slaves of this world. And um, what I did was I took the premise of the kobolds being slaves, and I didn't exactly make that the forefront. You weren't fighting for the kobolds or anything. I put it behind the world. I was like, hey, this is a thing. And again, I'm not going to give up too much for the story, but basically the world is somewhat split. Uh, several of the races that originated in this world before this kingdom that took over and captured all these kobolds and made them slaves, um, you know, a lot of these races were were either killed off or driven out of this area. And basically, it's the storyline that I have planned is going to focus, it's going to have a sub-focus of the main plot. So I wanted to take the main plot and kind of bury it and... I'm going to, like, part of what I want to do story-wise is I want to have, I like to call it an evolving story. I know it's not, I know what I'm saying might not make sense to that title, but what my plan really is is to have the storyline be there, but it be more in the background. So, like, they go to a town and they do a job, but on the job they find something that might have to do with the kobolds or the main storyline or something that might happen and they kind of like start piecing it together as they go and it kind of gets more and more involved and it almost comes to a point where it intersects with all these submissions and all these kind of like tangents that I have these guys go off on it's more of like they can jump in at the main story if they want to start going after the main story it's right there But I also want to give the freedom for them to explore the world, come up with different things that they can do, and just, you know, have fun. Do whatever they need to do to have fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, hopefully it goes out really well. In fact, I'll probably keep the podcast updated on the progress of that campaign, and I'll give more information as it goes along. The the problem really is, is that giving more information on a storyline that you're in the process of working on and having people play you don't want to give up too much because then you're like, oh, man, you know, now they're not going to know what to do next meet. And then I'm kind of screwed. But, you know, it's one of those things that I, I love this story. I think it's going to be a great storyline. Um, and, and once I do actually complete it, if we complete it or if it just kind of goes to the wayside, I'll definitely put all my notes and stuff up from the campaign so that, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to try to run it as your campaign or run the storyline in your own way, hell, go for it. I've already done half the work. I don't mind. It'd be uh, just let me know how it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it'd be cool to see how people use some of this. Stuff yeah, exactly. This. So um, yeah. first episode wise, is there anything that you wanted to cover? Is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to ask? Anything you want to kind of bounce off of each other? Um, I mean, no, not not too much I really want to add, just uh, maybe a note that, you know, it, it's, when you're making a world, it can become extremely near and dear mm. to you. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's, there, there's a chance that your players may not enjoy it as much as you do. There was a campaign where I started in one area, 
I had introduced that there was like some dimensional shit going on, and there, you know, people may be going between dimensions, and they were like, "Yo, this is kind of sick." And then they did the first dimensional shift, and they're like, "Okay, this is no longer sick. Don't really know what I'm doing. Don't don't know why I'm yeah. here." So, I loved what I was doing, and I thought I did it well enough, but I guess I didn't. And sometimes it's your it's not your fault. Sometimes it is your fault. Sometimes it's the player's fault. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. nobody's fault. Yeah. You know, it, it's just you can't control what people want to do. They're going to do what they yeah. want to do. And if they're not feeling it, it may be better to move yeah, on. To some stories else. just, yeah, they're just so, not meant to be. It happens, definitely. And, and it, it doesn't mean that it's never going mm-hmm. to be. I mean, you could you could, you know, try it with a different group yeah, of people. finding your audience. You could, yeah, you could improve what the people didn't like about it and maybe come to a reconciliation of... All right. Well, I removed the dimensional shifting, and I've changed the story slightly, and you know now there's no dimensional anything, but there's a new uh, mechanic I want to do, and then maybe they like mm-hmm. that one better. It's it's important that when you're building a world, don't become obsessed with it. That's why I have so many that are you know floating around in the back of my head. Is I haven't run all yeah. of them. I haven't run most mm-hmm. of them. And it's because, one, I don't know how to put them on paper. And, two, I think I like them more than I, my players Exactly. Play, or, or even that, like, you might have this attachment to them where, like, maybe you just make a story to make a story. Like, I, I have a story like that in my head that I've been making since I was, oh, my gosh, since I was in middle school. Um, you know, it's just this story that I have built from the ground up, and it's become so convoluted that I kind of don't want to introduce players to it. In the sense of that, like, either one, there's so much that I won't be able to DM it or understand it. And then two, it, it's just, you know, one of those things that I, I just don't really, you know, know how to translate it very well. Like, I, I have a storyline written out, but I don't know how well it'll translate into D&D or, you know, really any of those things. So, honestly, I, I feel you on that one. I really do because, you know, I have a ton of stories. And yeah. I'd love to introduce, like, some of, like, just talk about them. Like, some of those, like, untouched stories that untouched, you know, those untouched worlds that we have that we would love to make stories about. Like, you know, just kind of shoot, the, sh- you know, oh, shoot yeah. the shit about them a little bit, talk about them, see if we can't get them, not even out on paper, but just kind of bounce back and forth, like, some ideas that we might have with them. And who knows, maybe maybe even in coming with this, like, people will recommend certain things for the story that could help us make it become a reality. Who knows, honestly. Or maybe they'll take up the flag and, and run it themselves and tell us how they like Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I would love you know, that. There's, and, and some of this, I, the ideas we have may not be strictly in D&D, like I was saying mm-hmm. earlier. I, I did have like a superhero campaign I wanted to run, and it was so morally gray and had a choice that could genuinely split the party into like, you know, you have to, you know, one half of the party might have to kill whoever dissents. Yeah, I remember you that. You I, I yeah, I, I can't run that in good conscience because people will become attached to their characters mm-hmm. and then they die for making a choice. You know, that's... I'd love to tell the story behind that someday. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, not at the moment because, you know, we're running out of yeah. time. But, I was going to say, you know, yeah. honestly, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, character attachment is one of the reasons that I... I, I it's also kind of like a, a, a way I, I work into my DM style, too. Like, you know, if I'm playing with a bunch of veterans who... 
yeah, I made, you know, so-and-so. Like, like for instance, if we're playing with our friend Brad and a few people, Brad's been playing D&D. Brad Jones. Brad Jones. Uh, Brad's been playing D&D for a while. I want to say for a while, he suffered through a lot of my other, you know, misfortunes and miscues. One of these days we'll have him on the podcast. I'd love to have him and talk to him and see how his experiences are from his... He's now DM'd some modules. He hasn't made up his own stories, which I honestly would say he would create some fantastic stories but he's definitely oh, yeah. been on the other end of the on the dm shield he he's been in a few of my campaigns and um you know he he has some great ideas but uh i forget where i was going with this where was i going with this talking about brad jones and how he'd he'd be a good guy to to dm and make his own world yeah and, okay well i just made my point then <laughs> I, I, I honestly yeah, made that tangent, and I don't do. even know where I was going with it. Wow. Anyways, um, well, I tell you what. What do you want to cover next podcast? Uh, well, we can either start making our own world. Okay. Which would, you know, that'd be pretty nice. Okay. It'd be pretty cool, considering we're called Realm Shapers. We could shape, we a, shape realm. a realm. Or we could, uh, you know, talk about, you know the things we never got to run first and then give us some more time to come up with something we actually Well, I'll probably end up doing it on the fly. I'm not going to lie to you. If we end up making a a story, I'm just going to do it like flat out from the beginning and we'll probably end up choosing it from four different categories. I've kind of thought about this. Like if we decide to do a campaign, I want to do it from a few different categories. Probably you got fantasy, space, space sci-fi. You could do um, modern or I guess this could be its own thing, depending on how you really want to do it. But like post-apocalyptic, I don't know how you, if you want to put that in fantasy or so, it's kind of its own thing because space sci-fi is different from post-apocalyptic. I guess I don't know. But like there are four genres that I would like to like just touch on, and there's not really a way to dartboard this, so we'll probably just have to agree on which one we want to do. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll just kind of roll the dice. Yeah, I mean, we can we can do that. But I mean, for our first one, we'll we'll sit down, we'll figure it out. But I think we're coming up to the end of this this episode. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, again, you know, first episodes are always the awkward ones. You get to know us. You get to know who we are as people. Uh, you know, if you like this, awesome. Tell your friends. You know, if you're a first time DM and you're listening to this and you want to ask us questions. Uh, we have a Twitter. I made us a Twitter. It's uh, at Realm Shapers Pod. And uh, I'll be posting that on my own personal account as well, which is Benny the Jet 55 Sam, I don't think you have a Twitter, do you? No. no. I mean, I do, but I, I used it once to tweet at the National Geographic people about, like, weather data <laughs> back in community Wait, really? College. Now I'm going to go yeah, find you. my, uh... Yeah, my, my picture is Toe Jam from Toe Jam. I'm going to go find you now, and that's also an excellent character yeah. to use. Um, but, yeah, you know, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to tweet. I've been keeping an eye on the whole thing. We've been following a bunch of people. You know, shoot us a follow. Uh, we'll probably follow you back. Um, if you have storyline ideas or questions that you want to know or run, uh, yeah, uh, I would say just let us know. But, again, thanks so much for listening. Um Anything else you want to say, Sammy? Yeah. Stick around. We'll make some cool stuff, and then you can steal it, and then your players might be like, whoa, crazy that I deal with, like, the the squid. Whoa! And then you'll be like, yeah, dude, I totally came up with that all on my own. 
No one else. Nobody helped. at all. Don't even give there us credit. Go. Just say, hey, I listened to this podcast once. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't even have to say that. I mean, you know, you just take all the credit. Yeah, basically. So, uh, so yeah, also episodes. Uh, once every month, you know, we've each got, we both have full-time jobs. So we're going to be doing this once a month. Um, so yeah, and like I said, plenty of time for us to come up with things. If you guys have any questions, let us know. We're going to go ahead and end it here because Dad's telling me that dinner's ready. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Yeah, see you around. Hey everyone, so let's talk dice. Everybody likes dice, I like dice, you like dice. Without dice, we really can't play D&D. And honestly, I wanted to make a segment of this show, like kind of a sponsor slot. I wanted to take it and make it about people who I think not only influence the world of D&D socially, but are really awesome artists or business people who really help support the community around them. And during this segment, I really wanted to give a shout out to my buddy, Mark. Mark is a business person out of Canada. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him during PAX Unplugged a couple of years ago in Philly. And uh, he's such a great guy. And I wanted to go ahead and give a shout out to his business, Ice Cream Dice. Uh, so he just started his own dice making adventure. And I wish him the best of luck. Uh, but... He also sells dice that are modeled after ice cream flavors, and they're super cool. Uh, he's had a couple of Kickstarter projects. He has a, a lot of things going on in the works. I'm really happy to see all of the cool works that he does, and I'm incredibly interested to see what he pulls out in the future because everything this guy does is like just such a cool thing, and it's it's been really exciting to not only be somebody on the customer end, but I am also really honored to call him a friend as well. Um, I don't have any discount codes or anything. Uh, I know if you go ahead and sign up for updates on his website, you get 15% off by just using your email. Uh, but if you go ahead and check out his website, that's Ice Cream Dice. That's I-C-E-C-R-E-A-M-D-I-C-E dot com. Uh, check out his stuff. Get some dice. Uh, it'll be awesome. And check him out on Twitter, too. He's a really good dude. That's at Ice Cream Dice. Um, he's, he's just a great person to follow. He's really good to bounce ideas off of. And like I said, I'm really happy that I can take a second and kind of, kind of shill his product. Uh, and Mark, if you're listening to this, you know, just know that everything I say is genuine. Uh, yeah. And hopefully next week we'll have another awesome person to shill and to kind of talk about. But if you're interested in this slot, it's free. We're not looking for sponsors at this point in time. We just want to support the community. All you got to do is give us a shout out on your page. That's Rome Shapers Pod, and you're good to go. Again, check out Ice Cream Dice, and thanks again, Mark, for being super awesome.